0: Welcome to LiveTrader.com podcast. The content here is for informational purposes only. Should not be taken as legal business text or investment advice, and be used to evaluate any investment or security, or be directed to any investors, potential investors, and LiveTrader fund. For more details, please see LiveTrader.com forward slash disclosures. Hello, traders. Welcome to the Wall Street Secrets podcast. So there's a part in this book, Reminiscence of a Stock Operator by Larry Livingston. He described when Jesse Livermore loses his money and basically goes bankrupt. And when he can only trade one thing at a time. And he has to be right. If he's wrong, he's basically completely done. And if he's right, he gets a bigger trade line. Now if you kind of think about it, it's this. I would take a great trade. Back in the beginning, uh, superbly making sure that everything is lining up, to be com- to be completely having a game plan and have the discipline to survive. You have to have the absolute game plan, making sure it meets all of your trade criteria before you put on the trade. We might have traded thousands of stocks and options in a day. It was so extreme and I can recall the price of the SPX, which is the S&P 500. And every day the implied volatility was increasing. The markets at this time were fairly crazy and they were using the options markets to hitch their bets. And I could still recall that a real team was starting to occur. And the way I think about it, when things that should happen, do not happen. And when there's so much noise in the trading floor, you just hear noise and in that, some of that is valuable information. But again, in today's trading world, most of the trading is done online by algorithms as well as black box trading. It's kind of like today there's so much information coming in the best traders can figure out what is real information and what true information is and the true information is that what we're looking to achieve what we're looking to model so i was in this trade and we're down in our positions and a bunch of traders are coming in to buy calls and the price of the SP should have gone up at the same time we're doing call options and the guys were on the pits buying futures hedging their bets and two days later the price of the s did not move and that piece of information was so valuable so as we see today a couple of weeks ago we we're buying calls on this small startup called NIO but it didn't move two weeks later the price of NIO ticker symbol NIO spiked to about 70 percent those were the traders putting on real money on call options but it did not move the way it should have moved and that's real information if you think about it look at the markets we've seen towards the end of uh, 27 when trump got elected everybody said the market should be down big but when it didn't that's information so it's every single day asking yourself what should happen, and it did happen, and you start to think along those lines, you start to see what's working and what doesn't, and that's where you can start to model. Now this is not backtesting, but this is actual market information. So basically, the smart money started coming in, and they wanna short the futures, and God forbid, protect them, they were wrong, and the calls will basically just stop them out, and for every cost they bought, they just sell the futures, and, you can see that the futures were not moving up. So with the new example was a good one because they're buying thousands of calls and they're waiting for news if this startup is gonna go bust or you know it's gonna get a cash infusion from you know either Chinese government or some other or some venture capitalist firm. A bunch of smart traders could be buying the stock for any sort of reason, and there's a probability that this can be smart money. And that's where opportunity to make substantial money lie. When something should have happened, don't happen. And when it's news that you realize that Wall Street has not picked up, but that information is not reflected on the stock price, you see, in trading or investing, you need to have a point where you're going to be out when you're wrong. And when you have that information, you start to learn how to weigh the probabilities. And when you weigh that probability, you can start to weigh the trade size. So the only way to weigh probabilities is when you go back and weigh as many cases and look for patterns. Why is something happening? Why are smart money piling in? And you have to ask yourself the why's. And the most important thing is to know when to structure the trade and that no one trade is going to hurt you because when you know that you have 60% chance or 60% probabilities or 65% probabilities when you put out 50 of those trades. For instance, when Trump won, the markets should have gone down but they don't happen. So, so you can absolutely take that and make it work in your favor. Now we've taken quote code H or Alpha We bid portfolios every single day on long and short and here's the reason why you know why those stocks are going up or down so it's a kind of a balanced long and short portfolio it's all based on short-term fundamentals that we know we can quantify and we can go back five years or ten years why a fundamental move can change and today we keep our portfolio basically for two weeks we hold approximately and we approximately hold about eight to ten stocks long and about eight to ten stocks short by using the options market as well as um, the outright stock markets. Now stocks trade very much like commodities today and out of a thousand stocks for instance our computer just go to a thousand data points and this advantage of a long short profit is that we can have we have seen so many cases we knew that if we could apply what works on the trading floor that could be really, really interesting. So instead of trading just one market, you can trade a thousand of markets and the reason why brokers are in here, there's a catalyst and we have a positive expectancy on the trade. Now, not every trade is going to be winner and mathematically quantify over time, we're going to expect how much we're going to make. And it all comes back to how the market crash in 2008 and, you know, I was hooked. And I will always be trying to learn I think I I have that personality and I just don't stop. And the reality is that human nature is not changing. Fear and greed will always be there. It's funny because the things that work will continue to work. And because the premise is still there, that still happens today. The markets are always changing, but the markets always stay the same. The most successful traders always ask, why is it going up for one day? There's always be more buyers than sellers. And it all comes back to human nature, fear and greed. It never changes. And when it comes to trading, it all comes down to observations on what works and what doesn't. We trade on a 5% margin and we borrow the money, there would be mathematical advantage of diversification. Dynamic diversification that allows you to use leverage but not what people think about leverage. You spread your leverage, you spread your probabilities and that allows you to gain a mathematical edge. We're going to cut the losses and let the winners run. You're always betting, so you know that you can make a probability assessment and you know how much of your money you can raise per trade. It's almost like running a casino and you're playing for the long run because you know your edge and you know and you know how it's based. And you look at a 100 times and you get a pretty good idea. Once you know the fundamentals of the markets, what makes the price, how aggressive the buyers and the sellers are, the price is made by mass investors. It can be smart investor and average investor, you know, it's all about the price and what people at that point of time are willing to pay for that. So you can see the price react. How do we determine the odds on a single day? Part of what we do the automation keeps us on track i have to teach myself very early on in my trading life that i have to have a clear point where to place to stop how to get out and asking questions like when you sit on the table don't count on your winnings if you're a good speculator you know you know exactly what every dollar means to you against how much capital you're managing smart bets and observable facts Most people think they're good bets and they're bad bets. They're good bets when you're making a lot of money and the odds are in your favor. And they're bad bets where you lose a lot of money and it takes you out of the business. So what makes you from a casino operator to a punter? So good bets, you have the odds. It doesn't mean that you win in all trades, but over the long term, you know the expected outcome. If I did this bet a thousand times, and I would come out as a winner. So the bottom line is you become a punter and becoming the house about the facts that you observe. Let's say in 30 days, is it making a new high? It's not a story. It's telling me what's gonna happen. It's observable fact. When two ordinary people observe it and can tell the fact, it's number. So what is the most important thing when it comes to a trading system? A trading system can be an age. You don't gain an edge unless you have a trading system. You have to get the odds in your edge. If you're flipping coins, the odds are not on your side. And you're always going to ask yourself, what is the expected value? What is the expected outcome if you do it a 100 times? So if it is a very good bet, it gives me a high return. And the odds are you can make a lot of money and possibly a handful of trades, but you lose a little. I always figure out what a loss can be and I'm totally indifferent to what happens to stock markets. Of course, I'd rather win than lose, but I would really, really want to be the house. Now let's go and look at my core capital. I don't break the rules. I make money by staying alive. One part of it is position sizing. I go from where I am and where my stock can be divided by my total capital. It's simple. It sounds simple but simple has a very bad reputation. So I don't want something that's very complicated. When I met one of uh, very successful H1 managers and said to me, this is a positive mean game. And at first I did not understand. And then he explained, when you average it out, it works. What about drawdowns? In part of being a trader, you will experience a drawdown. So I always have a vision when you have had about $10 million, And let's say we owed $7 million minus the amount that we did not have. And it was a highly leveraged account. When you're up against the wall, when you're not accepting defeat, you go on. So do I regret with all the trading mistakes I've made throughout the years? So I always believe that not trying is a bigger regret in life. If you don't try mathematically, you have 0% probability of winning. If you put out a trade and learn what works and what doesn't, you double your chance of making money. I don't care what knowledge you have, you must cut losses. The next thing is, you need to know when to add on to your winners. And you could apply this to other aspects of your life, for instance, a bad job, a bad career move, you know, things that don't work in your favor. So that's the episode for this week's podcast, when things that should happen, don't happen. And let's relate that to this week's markets movement as well as of trade execution June the 4th 2020 so we're looking at the S&P 500 the Russell as well as one micro cap that we have placed orders on and you know this if you look at the overall markets the S&P 500 the Dow this is literally a v-shaped recovery in prices And I'm still tracking this rally or this melt up with our significant resistance levels in place. And I'm looking to establish potential second half shots. So what should have happened two weeks ago at the 61.8% retracement, which is golden ratio of Fibonacci analysis, and um, that is um, that was two weeks ago, but it did not happen. It should have just backed away from that resistance, but it did not happen. So we're gonna watch for more China developments or divergences to end this momentum. And I'm looking to n- place new RUT butterflies as well as some leaps on microcap tech stocks. So now let's dive into the current trades that we have as well as the current outlook for the S&P 500. So for the S&P 500, I'm plotting this five impulsive wave, currently labelled as wave B, and the S&P is carving out a wave B top. Now, if you could recall, we hosted a webinar as well as a few, you know, live trading sessions that was back in March. We expected this rebound. Um, You know, it did happen, rebounding from the critical support level, and that presented us with uh, a few trade opportunities that we just close out with about three to five hundred percent profit, and um, it was a good run. But now with the current information that we have, we may be contained within this highlighted range of wave B. And you know, for the second half of 2020, I'm I'm still watching on guard for this possible top. So with this immediate rally that taking us into this 3137 level for the S M B 500. Would this be an ideal level to establish some short-term bearish positions? For instance, like a bearish bias butterfly spread where it just melts in our favor when it starts to drop uh, further. So that's for the S&P 500. So the alternate wave consists that we could have an extended wave into the 33.92 resistance zone. That will be thirty three fifteen to thirty four hundred. So either scenario says that there's a pending pullback. So with that pullback, you know how we're we gonna trade this market. How we're we gonna play some bearish to neutral type of uh, bearish bias butterfly spread. And uh, let's move on to ROT. So the ROT, similar to the S and P five hundred, is forming extended wave five. The points to this wave five upside target of hundred sixty one point eight percent retracement at the underlying of uh, fourteen thirty. Now. For the rut, I'm looking to scaling with our second half, Bapper Butterflies. The first half is moving against us. But the thing about Butterfly Spread is it could be moving against us in a short run. But, you know, in the long run, let's say the rut consolidates, which is expected within the next uh, few weeks. The underlying should move into the profitability zone of this Butterfly Spread where the body of the butterfly starts to melt in our favor. So we're looking to scale in with second half of Bapper butterflies and for now, the 1481 level on the Russell 2000 show off a massive resistance that setups for a 10% decline. So this new butterfly spread with the wings at 1330-1030 and the body will be at 1150. That be butterfly spring August 31st, 2020. We're looking to place this trade either today or tomorrow to capitalize on this sideways consolidation and slightly bearish bias, um, you know, um, butterfly spread. So moving on to Apple, um, this will be on our next trade. This terminal push on Apple in the way 5 is facing a wall of parallel channel as well as FIB resistance zones. So there's a cluster of resistance right from the 3.11 level right into 340 and also notice the impulsive five-wave pattern facing significant resistance in the 340 for now the 340 level should offer massive resistance as setups for a 15% decline now always when it comes to market do not react always anticipate because most of the traders will be reacting like now you know some of the investors will be sucked into this market thinking that markets will be going up further and if there's a there's a corrective wave like an ABC decline that could be caught in this cycle, right? So uh, for Apple, I'll be looking to place a second half position with some negative delta put flies as well. The reason why we are not placing single put option is because if Apple starts dropping sideways, that would really hurt the option, the single put option. So instead of that, we're placing a uh, butterfly spread, which is a perfect, which is the ideal strategy if it chops sideways. If the underlying of Apple just chops sideways or have a slight bearish move, right, that will you know melt in our favor, which is the time decay will work in our favor. And moving on to bonds now, I expect bonds to move towards 157. Setting up for a good level to establish some longer-term longs that could expire maybe 2021. 20, so bonds, we have no trades for bonds. We only had one trade on TLT, which is a ticker symbol for 20 years Treasury bonds, and we did scale out of this position, book some very nice profits that was back in um, you know uh, end of February and March, where the craziness of um, we can see there's a spike in bonds and you know of course the coronavirus pandemic and and you know the fed was starting to buy a lot of bonds you know pushing this higher and then you can see that it's crazy it's uh, the spike followed by this drop but nonetheless bonds you know this year we're still up about 350 percent and i'm not gonna place any more trades on bonds unless we get a high probability pattern now moving on to the next trade that will be new Simba NIO, it's actually a Chinese um, electric car startup and, you know, recently just got infusion by Chinese government to, you know, potentially rival Tesla in China with $1 billion worth of funding. And it's also backed by a Chinese tech giant called Tencent where, you know, I believe that this is quite you know it's almost like Tesla a few years ago about you know five years ago when we bought when we first bought Tesla it was trading at about eight bucks and you know Tesla is giving us very good opportunity uh I mean giving us more than two thousand percent returns and you, right now Neo is trading at about five bucks so I think NEO has a lot of potential, and for those reasons, I'm placing some leap option that will give us some um, good um, upside potential, uh, upside exposure if NEO continue this uh, rally high into the 19 bucks uh, range. So for NEO, I'm placing a leap option, which is an option that expires next year, January 15, and. Um, with this, I'll be just be keeping this for next 6 months. And the risk and reward for this trade, the potential risk and reward is about 1 to 4. So I expect 4 times, which is 400% of my capital that, that I place uh, with this call option on new. If new tanks, you know, the max I can lose is just the premium. And, uh, you know, leaps is a very good way to uh, have a very small cash outlay but have, you know... An, and unlimited upside potential which is um, you know profile of a leap option or call option and um, that that is the trade that we're looking to place on um, on uh, micro cap tech stocks and and another trade will be carnival ticker symbol CCL so CCL so CCL is forming some nice pattern it's almost like a wedge an upward uh, triangle pattern, if you will. So um, we have placed a few leaps on CCL and it has moved in the money, slightly in the money, but uh, you know, we're gonna ride this all the way to about 200% based on the the premium that we placed. And of course the trade that we placed that's currently in the money will be Uber. So we sent this trade alert out, um, I think about two and a half months ago on Uber. After of course the the uh, the 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 crash, and Uber now is giving us um, I mean the leap option on Uber is giving is, is giving us about hundred fifty percent. So I'm getting a lot of emails asking whether we should be scaling out of Uber. And the thing is, you know, we'll only be booking large profits and cutting our losses short, as described earlier in this podcast. So for Uber, I'll be writing this, um, you know into the into the range that gives me about 300 to 500 percent of my initial cap that i place so right now just quick check on uber right now it's trading at about six thirty-six 36 dollars when we bought this leap option it was trading at about 20 bucks so right now it should show about i mean if you have this trade it should show you about 170 percent profits So, I'm looking to stretch the profits out if you can run a risk profile uh, analysis on this on the current position that we have. I'm looking to stretch this trade right into 48 bucks, that should give us about uh, three to 400 percent. And again, Uber, I think they're set for uh, you know, it could be a parabolic move, just like what we're seeing on Tesla or actual trade on Tesla last year. So Uber will be still in our portfolio and I'll be looking to stretch this trade out. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Wall Street Secrets. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast, please subscribe to this to get future episodes. Consider the Live Trader Network. More than 1,500 alumni, more than 15 countries around the world. Find out more at tradeonwallstreet.com. Thanks for listening to the Live Trader Podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating or comment on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Plus, you can get future updates for email and future shows, transcripts, video tutorials. Just visit our website at LiveTrader.com.